you're fired. We're going to talk about when is the right time to fire your vendor or supplier. Coming up next. I promise you, short statement, Charles goes first. The short statement is this. Based on the data, 6.4 months is the time it's taken from impression to inquiry. And so I say that that's over six months. And so I'm going to use that as the parameter from my opinion once it gets to my turn to say, don't fire your vendor or supplier. I'm not talking about our companies. I'm talking about in general. If you've invested in portals, you've invested in advertising, 6.4 months is a time before you get any indicators that it's working on average. And it's going to be different for every brand. But Charles, what? why should, why should a supplier get fired? Or why should a franchisor look at firing their supplier? Right. I, the <clears throat> capability, priority, and a clear vision, right? So when I'm looking at the vendors that we work with for our firm, when I evaluate our relationships with our clients and and really question how do we do a better job, right? So you need the capability. So if the, the capability is not there or it's not cutting edge, you need to start thinking. The second is priority. You need to be a priority for them. You need to be a perfect client, perfect customer for that vendor. And then there should be a, a roadmap and plan. So if you want me, Nick, to buy into... Uh, your program and say, I'm going to give it six months. You as a vendor, in my opinion, you have to educate me and, and, and show me that pathway. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things. I mean, I've, I've said this, like one of our services, 1851 is super complex. Um, and my, my viewpoint has always been if you've decided to get on the airplane, like something made you get on that airplane, you don't get on and you say, hey, pilot, how do all these pieces work? You go and take your seats, trusting that you get from A to Z. Now, I do think like, and that's where we've worked hard, transparency and expectation setting is so vital. Like, I'll give you another example. Like when we used to, we started scoping PR our scope was like in section A or whatever it's called, item A, um, it said PR, that was our scope. And so what that did is it never set an expectation for our mm -hmm. clients. And so even though I could say, man, we're crushing it on PR for you, they could say, no, you're not. And so what that did is it, 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 the lack of expectation setting created a lack of plan, which created a lack of commitment, which created frustration. And so we've had to evolve tremendously from our failures to get to a place where, uh, I mean, our, our vision is long-term relationships. But for suppliers, I mean, the, the, the way that I would put it is if... I mean, you got to trust your gut. If you get into a, a relationship and it feels 
uh, feels off or different from what you were sold, you need to call that out faster. That's probably the starting point. I, I mean, for everyone in Franax who's watching this, this is part therapy session for everyone who doesn't, who may think that Nick doesn't care when he goes over things. Um, Nick cares passionately because before this, we were talking about clients and satisfaction and really, I'm on board, Nick. Look, I, I, I think when, I think as, as suppliers and any supplier listening to this, you know, and, and what you're saying, I think there needs to be a lot of clarity, right? And so when we say that our services are complex, we have to make it clear for our, our clients. And, 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 and so I think number one, we need to create that clarity for them. Well, and look, if we, if we were to extract like the aggregate of a topic that we keep going through, the why you, why now, the positioning, yeah. the messaging, uh, what's the strength behind it? What we're saying is franchisors need to simplify their offering, right? Like ultimately we're saying simplify your offering so the buyer doesn't have confusion when they're, and they're, they're motivated to say yes. And so we, we, we as suppliers, not just us, the supplier network needs to probably do the same thing and take a good look in the mirror and say, have we simplified it? Have we set that right expectations? Um, is there a clear, clear pathway? And I, I agree. I, I mean, I, Every, every time I work on our proposals, I hear, I hear your voice of you saying the client needs to know what part of the journey they're in with you. Right. And if, you're, if they're not at the finish line, tell them that, but show them where, where's the finish line of this next thing. And I hear your voice all the time when I'm thinking about that. But again, like the question is, when's the right time to fire a vendor, vendor or supplier? I, I love this comment that went up, like they're using their franchisees. So they're saying, look, our franchisees uh, are the graders of our vendor relationships and if they don't like it and they said we put, we'll put a vendor on probation now i do think i i mean i got i got asked this question the other day they said have you ever fired a client i said i have multiple times and they go was it just because they weren't paying their bills and so that that's happened because ultimately the 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 payment of the cert for the services is the middle ground of the agreement so yeah, that, that has happened. Fran franchisor doesn't pay us. Yes, we, we make the decision to make a change sometimes. But it's more so if the viability of the business or the success of the franchisees or the integrity doesn't align with our values, then we have also uh, made that switch. And he's like, really? I go, yeah. He goes, so it's not just about the money? I go, I mean, uh, even when you're buying a franchise, of course, it's about the money. There's that's a part of the element, but no, it's not just about money. You know. Well, and and, and then good vendors are going to invest in the relationship, right? And it, and and so if if it's if it's part of that longer vision, where that vendor is growing their business as they help the franchisor succeed, there's value there. Yeah. Right. When, when there's a misalignment, right. Where a client or customer doesn't share the same values, isn't in it for the right reasons. You know, even if you're making money, it may not be worth it to have your team spend the time on it, but in terms of firing vendors or letting them go, you know, they really need to be mission driven around. It's not the widget they're selling or the service they're providing. It's the result they're helping you achieve. Right. And, and, and so for us, I, and we all have a ton of work to do 
um, and, and always to get better. But we're trying an exercise this year of rebuilding our organizational chart based on client results and client metrics as opposed to our legal widget. I mean, look, that those statements are, are valuable because that means you're constantly learning. We, we did have um, a real scenario that happened inside our company the other day. Uh, we do uh, check-ins, feedback loops uh, with our clients so that we can extract information about how can we be better. Um, and one of them came back fairly rough. And my lead on account said that they were very frustrated by the feedback. And I said, look, look at it. I said, try looking at it in a different way. One, what can we learn from this so the next time we're better? So nobody's going to be perfect, but let's try to learn what are the lessons from this. And two, use this as an opportunity to say, if a client is willing to give feedback that is saying that we we're misaligned in our communication style, that means they still care. Mm-hmm. And so use that as an opportunity to try writing the ship. And if you don't, that's okay. But as long as we can look backwards and say we did our best to try to fix those things. I mean, that at the end of the day, I think franchising is the toughest thing in the world to sell. You're trying to convince someone to invest their life savings into a business they have little to no control over. With all the legal restrictions, you can't get out of it easily. It's complex. And so with that being said, uh, understand that I would say most of the time, the vendors that you work with are doing their best. They don't want to lose, but this is a, this is a tough business and there's not a lot of lights at the end of the tunnel for most brands. There are some that are super good at celebrating moments, but. Nick, I, I, I think they, again, not so much that it's tough. I think there's a lot of noise. So it's hard, right? So it's you, you need to have that confidence in a team. You need to build that relationship. Clients, customers, though, they need to be careful because if you're investing in a long-term relationship, you're investing that time, you're going down a pathway that's not so easy to change direction. Yeah. So there should be that concern. But there's also in the franchise industry, good and bad, there's a lot of noise, a lot of ideas, a lot of distractions. And sometimes the simple pathway is not so obvious, right? One of the vendors we're working with that just so happens to also be a franchisor and a client of ours, and now they're one of our vendors on a technology end, uh, what I love is, and something we're going to be implementing is 30 days after we engage them, we got a survey. Hey, you know, we're 30 days in and, right, let us know how we're doing. That's so important in the process. You'll, 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 you'll appreciate this. We're, we're doing a, a, a study with footprints floors. Uh, and I said, t- we were talking about how does, how does the job experience work? And he said their, their franchisees show up on day one, meet the homeowner. And the way that the billing works is half up front, half when the project's done. And the franchisee just is, is trained to say, when I meet you on Friday and this project's done, I need two things. I need the rest of the money and I need a five-star review. And so we're going to make sure that everything from this moment on till Friday is five-star review so that when you pay us the money, you feel good about it. And it was it was insightful to listen to that because it's so simplistic, 
But now you're also setting the expectation of what the expectation. So like for us, when we're onboarding a client, I'm like, we want to be your, your agency for a very long time. So in order to do that, when we get to those check-ins, I want you saying, you guys have done everything we asked you to do. And now I'm trying to set that expectation to say, like, if there's anything that feels off, raise your hand so that we can try fixing it. Because our intentions are to be fantastic to you. So I don't know. That's a great point on many levels, right? And it gets to everything, whether franchise or franchisee vendor, it's setting those expectations. You know, imagine the magic of what you've just said when you speak with a customer or client and you ask them, is there anything else we could do to ensure that this was an exceptional uh, experience? And if they say no, then it's just become an exceptional experience. Well, so to take take the survey that I, I think it's smart that you're doing it. I mean, I've I've changed our our launches. I'm scared though, Nick. I'm like psychologically, I'm going to feel horrible if I see something negative. Yeah, but, but we have so to do valuable. It. But if you oh, said okay. to the client, "We're going to send you a, a review at 30 days," our expectation is that you're going to be super pumped with our experience, nothing less. And this is your opportunity to say, if there was anything less we're going to make it right. And it's just like, it's such a, it's like, it's a positive approach to trying to get um, excitement around what you're doing and how you're doing it. Cause again, like, I mean, we're, we're all people. I think the majority of people tend to be good people. There are certainly bad humans, but my staff, your staff, insert brand staff, they don't want to lose. They want you to be happy. Nobody, like when you get home from work and the dog's wagging the tail, the dog doesn't want you to go see that they pissed on the rug so that you yell at it and puts the tail in between the legs. It didn't mean to. So the point is like, I think everybody does want to do their best. You know, Simon did have a question. Let me put this up. Uh, Where do you place innovation, investment in tech, et cetera, to stay ahead of the curve as a supplier? See, but so that so let's connect Simon's question and your point, right? We I, and I love. We all are people. We want to make our clients happy, but there also has to be some business discipline of, you know, everyone could have a great attitude and have great intentions, but not perform, right? And to Simon's point, you which. By the way, Simon, the, the example I'm giving about a client we hired, who, by the way, they're amazing, and it's um, Valenta, which is an amazing franchise system, but we hired them for technology support for our clients and building out technology platforms. And so the question really has to come, when should you fire a vendor or when should you? It's when they're not invested in building everything they can around helping you. Right. So if just on our end, great legal is, well, that's sort of assumed, but now it's how do we provide even more technology support? I think today, every business, every business cupcake, if you're selling cupcakes or you're providing PR services or you're providing legal is becoming a technology business until we all get disrupted by AI. But so you're, 
you know, a signal if your vendors are not investing in technology and not providing innovation, then then that is time to look somewhere else. Yeah, because there, there is someone who's doing it. And that's good for the suppliers to know too. Know that there's always someone behind you yep. that wants your clients and it might change the way that you approach things. Now, I do think, I do think, you know, I think it's important to set expectations on what the delivery is. Like if they said, Charles, we need you to go sell franchises. You're like, I mean, we probably could figure it out, but you engage us to do your FTD. And so also just aligning, like, what am I paying for? What do I get? That's why like a restaurant works fairly well. You take, Mm -hmm. take like I took the kids Chick-fil-A this morning. We ordered breakfast we got what we ordered. We knew what it cost. Great. We were willing to pay for it. Got the food, came out just the way that we expected it to. We ate it. We left. We were happy. It works so seamlessly that you almost have to do the exact same as a supplier to what is the cost? What are you going to expect out of this? And then confirmation that it felt good uh, or that you met the expectations, you know? Well, and and that, to Simon's point, I, I guess the biggest measure of a good vendor is if they're on the same entrepreneurial journey and mindset as you and your business. So if they're waking up the same way you're waking up, focus on their plan, focused on their product services, focused on service delivery and team building, then that's, that's a great sign that you're with the right vendor. So don't fire Charles. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. I, think, I, I think listening and pulse are are important. And I also think it's I, I wrote this early on in the in, in my business model that I wrote a hug is better than a handshake. And then it, there were some awkward moments where I forced the hug and the other person didn't want me to hug them, and that was weird. Uh I was going to continue down that topic, but I'll shut up on that one. Uh, But the point is like, I still think a personal relationship allows for conversation that can potentially solve issues or challenges that come up. Um, And that's, that's a good thing in business. And that's part of like the innovation and the way that people wake up and are they excited and all that good stuff. So. So Nick, before we finish, are you can introduce your your new family member there. I mean, she's she's kind of relaxed now. Yeah, I'll, I'll introduce. Come here. All you all you dog franchises, come <laughs> at me. We need support. Fresh. Her name's Franchise. No. Kidding, it's Bella. Fran X. See you guys. <laughs>